thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. Today I want to deal with this subject matter, um, the kind of people we need. We're going to be going to uh, several passages of scripture today. Um, let me just say this. We've talked about this when we started dealing with the relationships, even on Wednesday night, that uh, the book of Genesis, when you look in Genesis, it um, and, and, and so you'll know where to go. We're going to, we're going to, our first place is going to be second Timothy. Let me, I'm just giving my introductory remarks. Cause those, those, those of you who are looking for the scripture, it's going to be second Timothy chapter number one, verse 16. That's if you're looking for a place to land, we'll be there in a minute. All right. Now, uh, uh, in the, in the book of Genesis, when you look in Genesis, you see the story of creation, right? And with the story of creation, one of the things that uh, God did, he spoke, he spoke, he spoke, and he kept saying a thing was good. He made a thing and he said it was good, it was good, it was good, it was good. Finally, when he got to man, um, he made man on the sixth day, and then he talked, you know, all of creation was good. Then he made this statement. When we get to Genesis chapter number two, he said something was not good. And the thing that God said was not good, he said it's not good that man should be alone. The word alone is a compound word, just simply means all one, self-contained. And we know the Genesis account how uh, as a result of God making that statement, what he did was this, he um, took from the rib of the man and he made the woman. And then uh, in our first couple of Wednesday nights, we dealt with the passages in Genesis in terms of relationships. And so that just simply says that we need people in our lives. God did not intend for you and I to be on an island by ourselves. God, it's not just you and Jesus. Let me say that again. Jesus is all you need for salvation, but not for daily living. You need people in your life. I know I forgot. I guess I'm in the wrong place Amen. because some of y'all don't think you need people in your life. You do. I'm serious. You need people in your life. People are a good thing. It's not going over like I thought. Uh, people are a good thing. Amen. Look at somebody and say, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. All right. All right. All right. Now, now that we understand that, I think we got a general consensus that people are good. And so having people in your life is critical. Having the right people is even more critical. And so it's going to be a, 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 a major importance. Even as I taught last week, we were in the book of Colossians. We talked about how, what we need to do. It talked about put on, put off, and some things put to death and all that. So we, we, we understand that. But today, again, the kind of people that we need in your life, and, and I want to I wanna just pick up on some of the kinds of people that we need in your life. The first, this first group of people, I'm going to hold you in suspense just for a minute. Because I want to I wanna say this before I say, before I make the, make this statement. Um. 
hear this, and, and you got to get yourself prepared for this. Um, some people are coming in your life. Some people are leaving your life. Some people are with you in your life. And some people left and are coming back. Get it? Okay, I know Bible scholars. You want to know where you get that from. All right. Okay, chapter, uh, 2 Timothy chapter number 4, verse number 9. It says, be diligent to come to me quickly. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonia, or Thessalonica. Um, Cretans for Galatia, Titus for Dalm Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry, uh, for the ministry. And so this is what I want to point out. There are some people that are coming to your life. You see that? Um, uh, um, be diligent to come to me quickly. Timothy was the one that was coming. And then he said, there are some people that's leaving your life. Demas has forsaken me. All right. Then there are some people that are with you. Verse number 11 says, Luke is with me. You see that? And then uh, he said, there are some people who left and are coming back in your life. He says, get Mark and bring him with you. You know, Paul and Barnabas fell out about Mark and Mark left. But he said, at this point, bring Mark back because he's profitable. What I'm getting at is this. We need people in our lives. We need uh, people in our lives. And we have to recognize the seasons of where they are. Because some people are coming. Some people are leaving. Some people are with you. Some people left and are coming back. What I'm getting at is this. You have to make space in your own heart so that whether they're coming, whether they're going, whether they're leaving, whether they're coming back, you are graced to deal with everybody. Are you understanding? Now, this is what, I'm, this is what I want you to understand. Everybody that comes in your life does not play the same role. And so... I'm not talking about categorizing people in the sense of, of belittling. I'm not talking about that. But you have to recognize that there are some people that you really need in your life. I know there are some people that left your life and you go, thank God. Because you're better because you're not with them. You're not around them. They're not, you're not, and that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But there are other people who left and they're coming back. And that's okay too. But you have to make sure your heart's right with people. But there are, there are groups. This, I'm, I want to deal with these people that you need in your life. And here we go. Are you ready for it? The first group of people that you need in your life are refreshers. Say that, refreshers. Um, look at 2 Timothy chapter number 1 and verse number uh, 16. 2 Timothy chapter number 1 and verse number 16. It says, the Lord grant mercy to the house of Anesiphorus, 
for he often, what's the word? What did he do? He refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. So Paul, writing to Timothy, said, I want you, I pray that the Lord would grant mercy, not just to Anesiphorus, but to his household. Paul, why are you praying for Anesiphorus like this? Because he has a role in my life. He's doing something in my life that everybody doesn't do. Well, what is Anesiphorus doing that everybody doesn't do? He refreshed. Well, wait a minute. This text says he often refreshed me, meaning when I'm around him, I get fueled. When I'm around him, something happens on the inside of me that I don't get from everybody else. Now, when you look at this, he was refreshed by Onesiphorus. And the word refresh there, it means to cause to rest. It means to take ease. And uh, when you look at it, it means to cool off. It's encouragement after a time of anxiety. So he said he caused me to be refreshed. He caused me to be encouraged. Even after I was worried, And he, he was that presence in my life. And what I'm getting at, uh, saints of God, ladies and gentlemen, is that you and I have to have refreshment. Now, as, we, as I go through this, I want you to think from two perspectives. One, not only you're needing those persons in your life, but you becoming that to somebody else. So that when people call your name, they say that you often refresh them. Don't be a dream. Don't you just hate it when, uh, oh, God. You, you know, when you, when you brace it, you've you got some people, don't look at anybody. Don't touch anybody, anything like that. But you got some people, you know good and well, you go, okay. Here we go. But he said, the, don't look at, don't. Straight ahead. He often refreshed me. And I just want to let you know, hear me. I don't care how strong you are. I don't how, care how great you are. I don't care how much you speak in tongues. Care, it doesn't matter how, how much Bible you read. You need people in your life who are refreshers. Sometimes you can, it's hard to refresh yourself. Sometimes others have to pour water on your life. Others have to be that water pourer. When they begin to pour, you get, oh, God, thank you. And especially those of you who give out a lot, whether you are a caretaker, responsibilities at home, responsibilities at work, you have to be refreshed. You cannot live your life in the red. 
You cannot live your life on empty. You cannot live your life at the gas station all the time because it's go, 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 and go, 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 go. You have to have some time when you get some rest, when you refresh. It's okay. It's not a sin. Even Jesus said, come by yourself for a little while. Spend some time. And there are some people that in your life who are refreshers. Paul not only had Onesiphorus, but he also, um, if you if you look in Second um, Corinthians chapter number seven and verse number thirteen, therefore we have been comforted in your comfort. And we rejoice exceedingly more for the joy of Titus because his spirit has been what? Refreshed by you all. Notice now in 2 Timothy chapter number 1, Onesiphorus was the one who refreshed Paul. Here in 2 Corinthians chapter number 7, Titus was refreshed by them all. So what I'm getting at is this. Sometimes it's a person. Sometimes it's a group of people. I don't mind admitting it. I'm man enough to admit it. I was refreshed at the women's conference. And that's all I got to say about that. The presence of the Lord was, is, is, is something about it. But when you're in a group of people, there's something about corporate worship. There's something about, Elder Margo was mentioning that upper room experience. There's something about the presence of the Lord where you are refreshed. And folks, this is what I want our church to be. When people walk through the doors, it's not a drain, but it's a place of refreshing. When they walk through the doors, they sense, oh, man. And he says, I was refreshed by you all. I was refreshed by you all. And then um, there's another place in Philemon, Philemon 1 and 7. Philemon 1 and 7. It says, for we have great joy and consolation in your love because, the listen to this, the hearts of all the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. Now, notice the difference. Here, it's one person, Philemon, bringing refreshing to them all. You see that? So, he says here, brother, you have been the person that everybody, the saints have been refreshed by. And let me tell you something. There are times when you need the refreshing. And there are times when you'll be the refresher. And it's okay. It's okay. But ladies and gentlemen, whatever you, whatever the case may be, we have to have refreshers in our lives. You get it? First kind of person you need in your life is a refresher. Now, here's the second kind of person you need in your life. Second kind of person you need in your life is a refiner. Say that with me, a refiner. Now, to refine, listen to this. 
To refine means to take what you have and make it better. Let me say it again. To refine means to take what you have and do what with it? Make it better. Again, to refine means to and do what? Make it better. Turn to Acts chapter number 18 and verse number 24. Acts 18 and 24. Acts 18 and 24 says, Now a certain Jew named Apollos was born at Alexandria, and listen to this, an eloquent man, and mighty in scriptures came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. To refine means to take what you have and make it better. Now, let's look at this. The text says, Apollos was an eloquent man in verse number 24. He says he was eloquent. Now, hear me in this. Just because you're good at something doesn't mean you can't get better. So don't be offended when people are refining you, when you're going through a refining process. The text also says not only was he eloquent, he was mighty in Scripture. Then when you look at verse number 25, it says, Apollos had been instructed in the way of the Lord. Not only that, it says he was fervent in spirit. Wait. It says that he taught not in an error, but he taught what? Accurately the things of the Lord, though he only knew the baptism of John. So Apollos had it going on. Apollos had it going on so much so that Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, had to get the, trying to get the schisms out of the church because people would say, I'm a Paul, I'm of Apollos. Because he was a popular preacher. He was the, he was the orator among the bunch. They talk, always talk about preaching like Peter. Apollos was the preacher. Apollo, Apollos, Peter could preach, but Apollos was the orator. He was eloquent in speech. He had, when you listen to Apollos, it was almost musical hearing what he had to say. Oh, you sit there and you, you know, it, it's, it's amazing to me how some people are able to articulate truth. It's amazing to me. Listen to this, not just speaking, but when you see somebody good at a thing. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. But it says that Aquila and Priscilla heard him. And 
they took him aside. Now, they didn't embarrass him in front of everybody. They didn't try to belittle him. They didn't try to take credit for everything he did in his ministry. They simply said they took him aside and taught him the way of God more accurately. Now, um, look at verse, look at chapter 18 and verse number 27. They refined him, but listen to this. And when he desired to cross to Achaia, the brethren wrote exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, listen to this, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace, for he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Notice First, he only knew the baptism of John, but now he got to a place where he recognized Jesus is the Christ. So what I'm getting at is this, Priscilla and Aquila were used by God to refine Apollos' ministry. Let me use a practical example. Years ago, now don't, I'm going to bring up a name, whether you love, hate, whatever, it's, it's a point, LeBron James. He, um, LeBron had already at this point won MVP. Um, he was traded to, at that time, the Miami Heat. He was with Cleveland the first time, traded to the Miami Heat. When he got there, they went to the championship. They lost the championship that year. And what happened in the offseason was amazing. Keep in mind, he was LeBron James. He had already won MVP. He called Magic Johnson and Akeem Olajuwon and said, what do I need to do to improve my game? And then they told him, you need to learn how to play in the paint. And he spent time with Akeem Olajuwon, and as a result, he learned how to play in the paint. The next year, the Miami Heat won the championship. They took what he had and refined it. They made it better. What do you have right now that you are just satisfied with that God wants to bring a refiner in your life and make it better? You can be the beneficiary of better if you go through the process of refining. Refining is uncomfortable because what happens is this. In order for somebody to refine you, they got to tell you the truth. Got to tell you the truth about what is. And say, this is what you're doing right now. And we are sometimes afraid to hear the truth about ourselves. Whether, whatever, because, you know, in our mind, we got it going on. We're cool. Everything's fine. But you haven't reached your maximum potential until you've been through a refiner. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. Anointing is wonderful. Anointing makes the difference. Anointing destroys the yoke. Ooh, but skill makes it better. Skill is wonderful. Skill is just amazing. But anointing makes it better. Why not get both? And whatever it is you do, skill and anointing. No matter what, how good you are on your job, no matter how good a mother you are, father you are, no matter how good a friend, you and I can go through this process of 
refining and we can be better. I want to be better. I want to be better. Do we want to be better? Do we want to be better as a church? Do, we want, do you really want to be better? So are we willing to go through the process of refining? Again, we need refiners in our lives. So I've told you so far that we need refreshers and we need refiners. Here's the last category. I'm going to spend a little time with this. You need restorers. In your, everybody say restorers. Go to Galatians chapter number 6. Galatians chapter number 6, and we're going to begin at verse number 1. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1, it says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual. Do what? Criticize. Bring them down. Break them again. No. He says, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. Listen to this. In a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So, it, 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 when we're talking about this, this restoration, to restore means to repair. It means to complete thoroughly. It means to adjust. This is the picture of it. It's, it I've looked this up and it's got several word pictures. One picture, uh, a word picture is this. It's the doctor setting a bone in place. Anybody ever had a broken bone? Not, not fun. But if you're going to, if that bone is going to be healed, it's got to be reset. It's got to be set in place. Now, uh, when, hear this. Sometimes to cause restoration in your life, you've got to cause pain. Because when that bone is reset, it is painful. It hurts. It's no fun. And so when we're talking about setting the bone in place, we should be helping to reduce pain and promote healing. And, and, but to do it, you gotta, you got to put that thing in place. Another word picture for um, this word restore is a fisherman mending his net. And so, hear me. I, I, I don't, I'm not talking about uh, fishing with a rod and reel, you know, on a hook and all that, but I'm talking about a net. And what would happen is this, you know, they drag the net and the fish would be in the net. But the net sometimes would get caught on various things in the sea. The net would break. And the fishermen, if, they, uh, if it's going to be used again, they would have to go through this process of, of restoring the net. And so they literally have to go through the different fibers and put it back together again. And sometimes in our lives, we need some folk to put us back together again. 
They need to take the broken fibers of our lives and say, you know what? I see that this is over here and this is over here. They belong together. And I got to be one of those persons to come and put you back together again. Sometimes we don't even see that we are in need of restoration. But that's a word picture. Here's the last word picture of a, um, of a restoration. It's refine, refitting a ship after a voyage. When, uh, when they would go out, mariners would go out to sea, they would, you know, of course, have cargo on the ships and everything necessary for the voyage. But what would happen is this, they would have, they would have to use it. And so to restore, they would have to go back to dock and then bring on the ship everything that they would need for the next leg of the journey. Um, uh, have you, any, those of you who've been on cruises, perhaps you've seen them do this on, on ships where they, they, they stop in a different port. While you are out on an excursion doing your thing, swimming at the beach or on the pool or at the buffet, Uh, uh, (laughs) whatever. They are there replenishing. They're replenishing. They they really are are, are restoring the ship. Now, and so we see what is restoration. Now, who is in need of this restoration? The text says those who are overtaken in a fall. To overtake means to take take in advance. It means to eat before others have an opportunity. Sometimes stuff will come and overtake your life. It'll overtake your life. You get it? It it, it just shows up and he says, you who are overtaken. But he says, with the fault, it's a side slip. It's an error or a willful transgression. Those of you who are taken in a fault, it's a fall. It's a sin, a trespass. It's where you've gone where God told you not to go. It's where you've done what God told you not to do. Those who have been overtaken by fault, are in need of restoration. Notice, some is a willful transgression. Some, it's a side slip. Some, it's an error. Some, it's intentional. Others, they wound up with the wrong people. However you got there, that's not the point. The point is, where if you're overtaken with the fault, Listen to the heart of God. God says, I want to restore you. That's amazing to me. I want to restore you. I want to bring you back. I want to refit you. I want to bring, put the broken bone back in place. I want to make sure that you're mended back together again. I want to take the broken, scattered pieces of your life and do a mending work in you because I want you I don't want you going around with big holes in your net. So he says, you are in need of this restoration. Now, wait a minute. Who then can minister this restoration? He who is spiritual. Now, it's okay to study the Bible today? Get your stretch in. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna just, just a little bit so we can see this. Because everybody's not spiritual. Everybody's not qualified for this. 
you who are spiritual. Now, let, look at 1 Corinthians, um, 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse number 15. He said, but he who is spiritual judges all things, mean has the ability to see properly all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. If you go on to chapter number 3, verse number 1, 1 Corinthians 3, 1, Paul talking to the church says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but to carnal, but as to babes in Christ. Why? I fed you with milk and not with meat, uh, and not, not, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you're still not able. Why? You're still carnal. Carnal, well, we get our word carnivorous, which means meat. You're a meathead. And he says, for, for where there is, uh, y'all okay? Carnality, where there's envy, strife, divisions, are you not still carnal and behaving like mere men? So our indication, not for spiritual, is not how much you speak in tongues, not how, but how you get along with people. You mean to tell me, Pastor, I thought so-and-so was a prayer warrior. Yeah, they may be able to pray. They may have learned the language of prayer, but they're the meanest thing on this side of Covington. They can't get along with everybody. They're upset with the person at QT, upset with the person at Walmart. Then they can't stand the folk at the job. They can't, and yet they're going to say, I'm spiritual. That person is not qualified to restore Based upon scripture. Are you okay? So he says, those who are spiritual. You're the ones who are able to restore. You are the ones who's qualified. Meaning you have something in you that loves people. You want the best for people. You're willing to tell them the truth even when it's not popular. You, not to get them told, but because you really want them restored. He says, you who are spiritual, restore such a ones. In Galatians chapter 6, he says, considering yourself, realizing if it were not for the grace of God, I'd be in the same thing. I'd be in the same place. Baby, let me tell you something. God had to have mercy upon me. And just like he had mercy on me, he can have mercy on you. I'm telling you, this is not the end of the road. This is not the end of the journey for you. God still has a plan for your life. God still can use you. God can bring you back. God can, re listen to me, the psalmist said he restores my soul. And he wants people to join with him in this restoration ministry because we got a lot of broke folk. And I'm not talking about financially. I'm talking about broken, broken people, how life, issues, sin, family, a lot of stuff have just simply separated them. And God wants menders. Those who have been broken and restored have become, can become masters at mending. 
Let me tell you something. When you sit down with somebody and say, I want, let, me, let me tell you the real deal. You see me smiling right here. Let me tell you the real deal. Let me tell you what God's done in my life. When you, if, if you got a minute, I want to share with you something that transpired with me. And I see similarities in me and you. And if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. So I just came to tell you today that in our lives, we have to have refreshers. We have to have refiners. And also we have to have restorers. Will you join the Lord in his ministry? Of refreshing, refining, and restoring. Refreshing, refining, and restoring. I need people in my life to refresh me, refine me, and restore me. But I need to be in the lives of others a refresher, a refiner, a restorer. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.